T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good evening, I'm Patty Rising. And I'm Brett Burkhardt. Here's what's happening. Supporters of former police chief Laron Armstrong say the decision to fire him was set in motion weeks ago. And as KCBS's David Welch reports, those supporters made their voices heard on the steps of City Hall. A day after Mayor Shang Tao announced she was firing the embattled police chief, Pastor Marty Peters with Oakland's Victory Baptist Church summed up plans for supporters' next steps. We're going to keep meeting, we're going to keep rallying, we're going to keep participating. Peters points to the former chief's resume as a main reason why he thinks the mayor made a mistake. And he argues Armstrong's experience alone affords him the benefit of the doubt. He's went from sergeant to lieutenant to deputy chief to chief of police. And now you have the uh, militated gall and the audacity to say he's incompetent. Supporters went on to raise questions about possible replacements coming from outside of Oakland, arguing that Armstrong is the best person for the job because he understands the city's culture. And ultimately, they say the mayor's mistake is something they won't forget anytime soon. You want to find out how major the citizens can come together and pull together in rally of support for Chief Leron Armstrong. In Oakland, David Welch, KCBS. In the meantime, Mayor Shang Tao declined to comment further on the chief's firing today. You can bet KCBS insider Phil Mateer has a number of thoughts about the firing, the reaction. He joins us at 550 on KCBS. A high-profile fatal police shooting case in the Bay Area is moving forward in Alameda County. This is Matt Bigler at the Alameda County Hall of Justice in Oakland, where friends and family of Stephen Taylor rallied outside the courthouse. 33-year-old Taylor was shot and killed by a San Leandro police officer in a Walmart store nearly three years ago this April. And his grandmother, Addie Kitchen, says they are hoping for some sort of legal justice. And we are not guaranteed that the officer will be charged or even go to prison, but the most important thing is that uh, he's going to be going to court. Former police officer Jason Fletcher has pleaded not guilty to voluntary manslaughter charges. Meanwhile, the new district attorney, Pamela Price, is moving forward with at least eight police shooting cases. James Birch is with the Anti-Police Terror Project. Right, and it's up to us to uh, put the people pressure on and to shine a light on all these stories of the horrific murders that we've experienced over the last several decades to ensure that the police who've committed those murders are held accountable. Fletcher's attorney tells KCBS they plan to file a motion in May saying that charges should never 
never have been filed in this case. In Oakland, Matt Bigler, KCBS. The suspect in the Half Moon Bay mass shooting entered a not guilty plea in court this afternoon. 66-year-old Chun Li Zhao is accused of fatally shooting seven people at two mushroom farms. Zhao has been held without bail in San Mateo County Jail. He could face the death penalty if found guilty, although prosecutors have not said if they will seek it. Last week, the judge issued a gag order in the case. Zhao admitted to the shootings during a jailhouse media interview days after the shooting. City workers were visiting workplaces around East Oakland today on the invitation of labor groups and organizers. As KCBS's Raquel Maria Dillon reports, they heard from workers and activists about what the city should do to help and protect low-wage workers from being exploited. Emmeline Aspilla is the new director of Workplace and Employment Standards for the city of Oakland. We are the regulatory authority for all of the labor laws. And she got an earful today. A coalition of organizers from labor and social justice groups brought city staff to meet with restaurant workers, day laborers, and hotel workers. I see so many wage and hour violations, a lot of wage theft all throughout Oakland across a variety of communities. That's Veronica Chavez, an attorney with Centro Legal de la Raza. She says day laborers are especially vulnerable. Employers exploit them excessively. They often lie to these workers. They promise wages. They're promised over and over that they'll be paid. They, they hang in there, ultimately to find out that they were completely robbed and not paid at all. Chavez says wage theft hits immigrant and undocumented workers the hardest. In East Oakland, Raquel Maria Dillon, KCBS. Just a hat on KCBS? I'm Megan Goldsby in Oakland, which, along with Alameda County, has just been given more than $15 million in federal grants to get people into permanent housing. Brett has more on the Newswatch. Patty, the federal government has granted Oakland and Alameda County with more than $15 million to fight homelessness. KCBS's Megan Goldsby has more on how the money will be spent. The goal is to put this huge amount of money into programs in the Oakland and Alameda County continuum of care that have already been proven to work. Deidre Wan, who is formerly homeless herself, has worked to help others for many years. Because of a lack of resources, we were only able to put Band-Aids. These people went straight back out to the street, and I've always felt bad about that. But now she says they will be able to get more people from crisis centers into actual homes. That is the focus of these funds, moving people from shelter beds into permanent housing. Latonda Simmons is Oakland's assistant city administrator. The city's expansion of crisis beds wasn't enough. So these much-needed services that are being brought forward and the much-needed funding will directly serve to connect individuals who are in these crisis beds directly to housing, and we're very, very pleased and very honored to have that as an opportunity. The money will also go towards beefing up street teams who work to get people in tents and RVs into the city's shelters. In Oakland, Megan Goldsby, KCBS. The two-year-old girl in San Jose that we've been reporting was allegedly abducted has been found and is safe. The girl, who police say was taken by her mother, was found in a house on 69th Avenue in Oakland today. Officials put out security footage of Crystal Mendez taking her daughter, Tayana, from an apartment building in San Jose yesterday. Police say Mendez is a known heavy drug user and they haven't been able to locate her yet. Officials are working to get the child back to San Jose. Concern is mounting over the presence of a new synthetic street drug in San Francisco known as Trank. 
It's actually a sedative meant for animals called xylazine and has devastated communities on the East Coast. Recently, it was discovered that four overdose victims in San Francisco actually had the drug in their system. And it comes as fentanyl continues to drive the overdose epidemic in the city, with Trank being used as a cutting agent and making drugs like fentanyl and heroin even more deadly. For more, we are joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Dr. Chelsea Shover, epidemiologist at UCLA's medical school. Thank you, Doctor, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's the last thing we need in San Francisco. What do we know so far about this drug and the effect it's had around the country? Yeah, absolutely. So the big concern with xylazine is, like you said, it's a veterinary tranquilizer, which means it's a really powerful sedative. Um, and the, there's a few different things it does. One is it um, can cause these really bad wounds that are tough to heal. Um, just, you know, that's something that's been a hallmark of the communities on the East Coast that have had a lot of xylazine is people have these wounds and abscesses that just won't get better. Uh, the other issue is that because it's a sedative, it basically knocks you out for a long time. And so if people use it, especially if they don't know, um, they can be essentially passed out in public or wherever they are for, you know, up to 12 hours. And that's really concerning because that leaves people vulnerable to all sorts of things um, like assault or robbery uh, or even just weather elements. Uh, the concern, you know, with finding it, hearing that it's showing up in San Francisco toxicology results is that, you know, all of those things on top of fentanyl and other street drugs are that it's just really difficult for people to know what's in the drug supply, what's in the drugs they may be using, and it can have powerful negative effects that people aren't expecting. That leads uh, The other important... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, excuse me for interrupting. Go ahead. I was just going to say the other, the last um, big important thing is because it's not an opioid, it's not, you know, if someone has an overdose or is very sedated because of xylazine, even if they receive naloxone to reverse the effects of an opioid like fentanyl, it's not going to stop the effects of xylazine. And so someone, you know, who's been given a lot of naloxone might not wake up right away. And then that's, you know, that's concerning. But then it's also, you know, we need to know that xylazine is there to know like, oh, this might require different kind of management. It's not an opioid. We don't expect someone to just um, wake right back up the way we would with um, giving naloxone for an opioid overdose. I'm interested in how this is being promoted on the street. Do, do folks know, do they think they're just getting fentanyl and heroin and it's it's cut with this? Or are they specifically asking for this? Yeah, so I'm not sure what it's like in San Francisco because it's so new on the market. In Philadelphia, we see a few, you know, we've my colleagues have seen a few different things where some people don't know don't know it's there and then eventually it's the same way we saw with fentanyl displacing heroin eventually it's just part of the supply and people kind of expect it even if they don't want it um, other people do want it because it extends the effects of fentanyl fentanyl is very powerful but also very short acting and so adding something like xylazine makes the effects last longer and so for some people that is something they'd seek out why is this happening? Where is this coming from, this xylazine? That's a great question. I mean, I I don't think we have a very good sense of where the xylazine that ends up in the street drugs is originating from. I mean, it's a veterinary drug. It's certainly possible that 
are, it is true that some is diverted veterinary supplies. Um, I don't think we have a great sense of if there are any other sources so far. Um, I, I would suspect there probably is, but I don't think we have a good sense. You know, it's, it's something that really in the, in the continental U.S., you know, it was present in Puerto Rico for a long time. It's also just a veterinary medication pretty much everywhere. But as far as a drug used um, by people, you know, it, it really started taking off in Puerto Rico and then in Philadelphia and then has spread around, you know, a lot up and down the East Coast and other parts of the country. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think we have a great sense of exactly where it's being added, like what level of the supply chain, like the, the manufacturing process being added. Or is it all coming from diverted veterinary supply or are people, you know, synthesizing it on their own? I don't think we have a great sense of that yet. It's just alarming, but an important discussion. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Dr. Chelsea Shover, epidemiologist for UCLA's medical school. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.